When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, Blue Jays fans? It's Jay Bird watching here. Special Tuesday night edition, not our normal Wednesday night, uh, for good reason. Uh, we can get into that later. Uh, but uh, before we get started, I want to get some uh, minor things out of the way. As always, we're brought to you by Stadium Scene, network of podcasts. Um, actually, check it out tomorrow. Um, the three of us, before we recorded last Wednesday, went on uh, 10 Minutes With, dot, 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 is the title of the, uh, the podcast episode, uh, with the folks over at Stadium Scene. Really cool folks. Adam, you can go into that a little bit more in a bit. Um, and also, I want to bring up our new Patreon, which I'm going to turn things over to Mr. Borden to tee that up a little bit further. But before we do that, gentlemen, how are we doing this Tuesday night? Hanging in there. Wonderful. Brent, yeah. or Adam and I are both snowed in. Yes. Yeah, I hear it's a crazy snowstorm. I can't say it's snowing here right now, but man, it is cold. Like this is by far the coldest stretch of the winter that we've had so far uh, by a lot. Uh, but I'm assuming that snow is on its way up here, unfortunately, which sucks. Eh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Will it get lost in the void of Lake Ontario? Maybe you'll get lucky. It could actually. Maybe it'll just make its way down to like Hamilton, Niagara Falls, and just stay over there and not actually fully come across to Toronto and the GTA. Uh, but anyways, more American problems for you. Don't worry about yeah, it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're covered here in the GTA, at least as far as I know. At least here at Thornhill, where I'm based for this episode. Uh, but Craig, as I said, I wanted to tee you up for the Patreon uh, little discussion. Uh, recently launched your idea based off of, I believe it was somebody who collected idea and it was right. to us, like literally <laughs> so yeah, yeah. run with it we had a few uh fans wondering how they might be able to contribute to the show and get some bonuses or whatever it might be but right now the current plan is on uh patreon.com slash bird watching gc just like we are on all of our fun loving social medias bird watching gc um you can have 
the opportunity to possibly throw in five bucks, which is going to be um, used to, you know, advertise to more Blue Jays fans so we can get more people in our barroom chat here, which we already have a good amount of people in in the first few seconds on an off night going on tonight. And then um, in the midst of that, we are offering a founders package, which is 25 exclusive members to join the team here, basically, and uh, come on for a Blue Jays fandom interview. On one of our quick hit episodes, it will literally be dedicated to you <laughs> if you just donate to that. Uh, and that's $10 right now. But like I said, the whole motivation here is to spread the word of our, uh, you know, like I said, our fun chat. We are live every week. We love having everybody here. And make sure you do join those live shows with people that are tuning in on this on the podcast. And make sure you join the conversation with Adam, Brendan, and I and whoever we happen to have on the show. So, fellas, you want to join in on that fun part of the conversation? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for people to get involved. Um, if you know, it's it's a sort of the thing now on the internet to crowdsource, and uh, we are shameless about that. But although we do also appreciate it as well, like it, whatever we can do to get uh, everyone else involved while at the same time helping to keep the lights on for the show, uh, it's a win-win situation. Um, uh, by all means, we're we're happy to do this free. But we're also happy for a little bit of tips along the way. We're kind of like waiters. You know, we're serving you. So uh, we we do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, all jokes aside, um, we would love to have anybody to be part of the show in any way possible. So hopefully that gives you enough incentive to uh, participate. We would love it. Yeah, I, uh, I think one thing, and I'll actually tee it right back up to you, Adam, is one thing that I remember we got asked on that uh, that stadium scene podcast we went on last week is what you think makes this podcast so good. And I think it's how approachable we are on social media. Um, and I think it's also the style in which we conduct this show. Obviously, everybody knows we rotate the hosting spot every single week. Uh, and we also uh, have guests on, some of our friends from uh, from Jay's Journal uh, and others that we've connected with on Twitter, whether it's Ari, Jason Lee, uh, Hayden Godfrey, uh, any of those guys, uh, Connor Chambers. Um, I, I just think we, we conduct ourselves in a really in a really good way. But uh, Adam, why don't you cover um, that little podcast appearance that we made last week? Because you you were the hookup into the the Stadium Scene Network, um, and it was a it was a fun little chat just to be able to promote the show uh, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've been dealing with Stadium Scene since the OG South of the Six Days, um, so probably since 2017 is when I've been uh, you know with stadium scene and i'm i'm i know we've mentioned this already on the show so i'll keep it brief but i'm i'm really proud uh of that relationship and i'm really proud and happy and sort of relieved that that is carried over into jbw so i i do think that you know they as a company as a brand as a, a social media presence um i can't say enough good things they don't bombard people they're not you know obnoxious with their content they're straight to the point and they helped us out a lot. Um, and it was an honor personally, and I'm sure I speak for the both of you, to be on that uh, that podcast of theirs, uh, 10 Minutes With, which ended up probably being about a 25 minutes to a half hour, let's be honest. Um, it was mostly about your epic beard, just saying. Yeah, yeah. It, it, we did. <laughs> We did talk about the beard, but um, I will I'm not, say I'm not gonna lie. It's nice that you got the like the whole handle. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's fi- starting to fingers curl. is gonna get gen- jealous. It's starting to curl. <laughs> the trick is you do it and then you, you snap. Um, oh, there it is. That's, that's the trick. Um, but I will say that you know if you wanted to take a peek behind the curtain of what makes this podcast JBW chick uh, tick and what how we all came together and you know how we feel about podcasting in general, how we feel about, you know, podcasting together as a unit, 
Um, I highly recommend checking that out. There will be a, a YouTube video stream of it tomorrow, and there will also be a podcast version of it, both of which we will retweet, both of which we will provide for you. Uh, but if you wanted to peek behind the curtain for Jaybird watching, I highly uh, recommend uh, watching and or listening to this. But at the same time, I will say, uh, spoiler alert for the show, we did close it by saying what you see is what you get. So if you're looking for a different sort of personality vibe from us, it's not happening. Literally what you see is what you get in terms of us being genuine. So we hope you enjoy that show. Absolutely. Craig, did you have any thoughts on that? That was a good time. Nice little way to uh, to plug the show a little bit. Any final thoughts before we get into the agenda? I think it pretty much goes out to say that we're happy to talk with anybody. When you see you and I, Brendan, hadn't met in the people over at stadium scene officially. So that was a nice little face to face. And then honestly, it felt just like we are on this show. Hey, we're having a few beers, goofing around, having a good time and it works out great. And I really think that that's just what we're trying to cultivate here. And I think that's what has been our, uh, you know, fun gathering point for blue Jays fans so far. And, uh, like I said, I can't be happier than what we put together here and then having them on board. Perfect. One last yeah. thing I want to say about the stadium scene thing. Like I said, it's not, a, or not the stadium scene thing, the, uh, Patreon thing. Yeah, yeah. cash grab. We are actually trying to offer fun ways for people to get involved. Yes. Some of the things that we were talking about doing and unfortunate with COVID and everything going on was even like when we had visits and stuff like that, we tell you where we're going to be and you get to come join the party kind of stuff or <laughs> whatever it kind of things when we're at ball games and things. So it's going to be fun. I think I really think it's going to be a good way for us to connect with everybody and uh, just get you on the inside and goof around with us and have a good fun time as Blue Jays fans, not just random people we met on the internet <laughs> Absolutely. couldn't have said it any better well let's move on uh to the agenda we do have some blue jays news to talk about uh that actually is directly involved the team yet again uh they've been busy uh the last month and a bit springer as we talked about at length marcus simeon we talked about at length last episode but about an hour after we stopped our live recording uh last week wednesday the blue jays made a trade for lefty stephen matz uh from the new york mets uh, the Blue Jays gave up three arms in that deal. Uh, Sean Reed Foley was one uh, who a few people reached out to me knowing from previous podcast episodes, hey, man, are you okay? They traded one of your books. What are you doing? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um, Craig, I know you've talked about him a lot. Yenzi Diaz is another that you were pretty high on who also went to the Mets uh, in this trade. And then I think collectively um, we were pretty high on Josh Winkowski the third name that went to the Mets in that deal. Um, Adam, let's tee this one up with you. Uh, what were your initial reactions when you saw Stephen Matz was coming to the Blue Jays, but then also the collection of arms that were going back to the New York Mets? What were your first thoughts? Eh. <laughs> Roll the dice. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. At this point, we're looking for major league talent that has been somewhat proven or a little bit more proven than someone like Sean Reed Foley, right? Mm -hmm. And um, anything that you can do to solidify, for, in my opinion, the pen, uh, the better. Um, but at the absolute best case scenario, you may have a fifth starter here. You may. Um, whether or not that comes into fruition, I think that's a little overambitious. But at the same time, it's good to have that sort of talent ready in waiting if, you know, break in case of emergency type of situation. Um, this is where we're at as a franchise. Right. This is what we've been talking about. You're going to have to trade away some sort of prospects or talent in the system in order to get something. Now, by no means is this put a significant dent into the system. By no means is this deprive the Blue Jays of any sort of necessary depth 
for the future in terms of their prospects. But at the same time, you got to give a little. And I just thought it was a little, uh, I don't know, ironic that the Blue Jays and the Mets of all teams, you know, fighting for Springer at the end of the day and the Blue Jays come out on top and, you know, you can have that friendly, hey, let's just make a trade to smooth things (laughs) over kind of thing. Uh, I thought that was cool. So um, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'm sort of just, you know, whatever about it. that's that's really my attitude was just eh it's it's a perfect five out of you know five out of ten kind of thing right in right. the middle. Craig, what about you? I'm in a school of thought. This is a team trade that actually helps both teams. The Mets are in that ballpark where they're trying to fill up a bullpen. Really, I think, especially with the you know the Diaz failed experiment at the end of the bullpen there, and they're just really trying to find arms to last into that. I don't think they were comfortable with putting Stephen Matz as a quote unquote tradable asset into that bullpen picture. Period. Perfectly, anyways. Where with the Blue Jays, he gets a unique opportunity to possibly be one of the guys. This is a guy that a couple seasons ago was really looking like he was trending up. And honestly, it looked like the, the Mets were very, very high on him. And he was always a top prospect. It looked like he was finally ready to have his coming out party and uh, really just kick into the majors. In the midst of that, eh, 2020 happened. But 2020 has been a nightmare for many pitchers and players and whatnot alike. So I'm not going to go taking that too heavily. Do I think Steven Mass is the godsend the Blue Jays are looking for in the major league rotation? No, not even close. But this is one thing or the other. I think that he is at least a four or five guy, potentially. Yeah. I don't think he, and he might not be that right this second. But it wouldn't shock me that a change of scenery guy like him come into spring training, work with some of the guys, and uh, next thing you know, he could be really something. For what we gave up, we gave a outside of maybe what we were seeing trend up in Josh Winkowski was the other tra- part of this outside of Diaz and Sean Reed Foley. Winkowski was trending up really well in the minor league system before 2020. was really looking like he figured something out with the Lansing Lugnuts. And honestly, if anything comes back to bite us from this trade, it will be Josh Winkowski. I don't know what you're really getting from Yesney Diaz and Sean Reed Foley, even though, as you mentioned, Brendan, I've been very high on watching the raw talent that Yesney Diaz has, and I've gotten to see him actually pitch live probably about five or six times. He's got some really good stuff, but he just hasn't been able to take that next step where he really patents down the uh, the control, very similar to what Blue Jays fans have gotten used to seeing with Sean Reed Foley. The funny thing is, it would not shock me that they end up standing out as good stud relievers for the Mets, even maybe as soon as this year. That being said, I will trade relievers for a starting pitcher all day, every day. Yep. Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it, Adam. You summed it up kind of perfectly in terms of my thoughts on it, too. Five out of ten. Uh, it's not something that got me excited. It's not something that got me upset, especially when you look at what the Blue Jays gave up. And Craig, you started to allude to it a little bit with Josh Winkowski, so... I want to take this angle on it. Let's look at the three guys the Blue Jays did give up. Um, because, as you said, rightly so, Winkowski is probably the one that could come back and bite the Blue Jays the most in this trade. Um, Craig, just some of your thoughts on Winkowski being the minor league guru. Um, what are the Blue Jays giving up in Winkowski? Because he hasn't made it above uh, high A. Um, I think Lansing has been his highest stop, uh, if I'm reading his Fangraphs page right. And he's had some good numbers uh, in low A. He's 22, uh, so he's getting up there a little bit. Uh, for that uh, age group. But at the end of the day, I think this boils down to the Blue Jays had so many guys of a similar mold to Reed Foley and Yenzi Diaz. And you can name other guys that fit into that mold, whether it's Zoic uh, or who, whoever it is, Trent Thornton even could probably fit back into that mold too. Um, it just seems like they got rid of a whole bunch of surplus of stuff that wasn't going to be too special 
But you did rightly say, Craig, Winkowski is probably the biggest get for the Mets in this trade. So tell us a little bit about him and what could become uh, of losing him. I still think regardless of how well he has been trending up, he's a mid-tier guy for a, a rotation, you know, 3-4 guy. You know, I don't see him being any I, – I do think he's going to make it to the majors. It, but the uh, the ceiling for him um, – who did we trade? Um, forget slipping out his name to the Tigers. Oh, Matt Boyd. Matt Boyd. Mm. I would think Matt okay. Boyd is kind of the ceiling kind of like character level for Wintowski. I do enjoy watching Matt Boyd still pitch, just saying. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think Witzkowski's in that mold where he's he's, he's going to be a guy that can gets you with control and uh, pinpoint accuracy more than anything. He's got some good spin on his ball. He does a very good job of mixing his pitches. He really needs that fourth pitch, I think, to become a standout um, starter would be the difference. Right now, it's more of a fast curve change guy. And when the curveball is about the same speed as the changeup, it's um, it can all of a sudden become a meatball at the major league level. He's got some work to do, but he's young, and he like I said, he's got talent. I really would think that the Mets uh, are going to be talking him up pretty good in the next two three years. I would think so. We'll see. But like I said, I think he was going to be the guy that is going to be the uh, piece that we're going to miss out of this all of a sudden. Or all of a sudden, he's going to be like, oh wow, did you see that? Similar to how Matt Boyd ended up being the standout in the. David Price trade where Daniel Norris is looking like a reliever right now. Right. Adam, I want to get your thoughts on Sean Reed Foley because we've seen him at the big league level a few times now. Um, he's had one lengthy stint up here. I think it was at the end of 2018 or the end of 2019. Um, and you know what? He did have some pretty damn good outings with this team when he was actually around in the strike zone. I remember uh, shortly after he got called up, he had that seven inning. I think it was only like one or two hits allowed and 10 strikeouts against the Marlins uh, late in the season. Uh, and he's also had, I think it was a five inning and 10 strikeout performance against the Yankees. Uh, I think in 2019 as well um we've seen a lot of reed foley a guy who has just incredible stuff we've talked about on this podcast a lightning quick fastball that he can touch 100 he, he gets anywhere between 98 to 100 miles per hour in his fastball he does have some decent off-speed stuff but it was kind of like aaron sanchez on steroids where you just could not hit the strike zone to save your life so i know we advocated for on this podcast keep Reed Foley around and make him a reliever because his stuff could play up in the bullpen. But Adam, at the end of the day, is Sean Reed Foley, I don't want to say he's not fixable because I think anybody, maybe you, you hear baseball players say this all the time. I just got together with the right coach and the message that he gave me just finally made a click for me or this minor mechanical adjustment that maybe the Blue Jays hadn't found in Reed Foley. Maybe the Mets will find that. Uh, do you think Reed Foley could become a starter or is he more destined for the bullpen in your eyes? No, um, I, I think no. I I think you hit the nail Boy, on the please. head. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said you know we were really encouraged and um, happy with the um, the stuff itself, right? It, it was the the ability and the the arm strength was there, but the control was always an issue, always. And he fell victim, much like, you know, a lot of other players fell victim to the seesaw of going up, going down, uh, you know, finagling with where he's going to be, whether he's a starter or a reliever. I don't think the Blue Jays had a clear grasp on that because a lot of other arms are coming through the system. Um, But I think it was clear at this point that there was no way he was ever going to be part of the starting rotation. I just think that was thrown out the window. Um, I've been an advocate of him sort of turning into a closer if possible because he does have the speed for it. 
The problem is, and you know, obviously you can, you know, point to some anomalies, but more often than not, control is something you can't teach. Um, location is something you can't teach. You can teach a pitcher like a new uh, sort of how to grip a ball differently, how to maybe add another pitch to his repertoire, but finding and locating your stuff is not something that is teachable. That's just something you either have or you don't. Mm. Um, so when it comes to Sean Reed Foley, I wish him the best. And to me, he's the name in terms of the clout that sticks out the most, I think, when it comes to Blue Jays, unless you're really deep invested into the prospect right. system. Sean Reed Foley is the name that pops out the most. Um, and he sort of he looks like a diet Brett Laurie anyway. <laughs> he does. Um, <laughs> as much Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know he, he handled himself with class. I don't ever remember hearing an incident about him, and if I do, it sort of slips my mind at this point. But I wish him the best. I just I don't see anything outside of a reliever reliever role at best. Um, if the Mets can turn him into a closer somehow, and he can find it, great. He's he, it's very BJ yes. Ryan esque. Like he has the stuff, but he just doesn't have the location. Um, if he can find it, great. If he could become that anomaly, great. But do I see uh, this working out on the long haul? I unfortunately, I don't. Yeah, I think I'm with <laughs> you there as well. Um, it, it is tough, and that's why I think a few people have reached out to me on social, as I, I say, as I said earlier, because I believed in him. Um, and the stuff is incredible. And just, I think the way he carried himself on the mound, being a guy who's like super intense and super serious, he's kind of like Ken Giles in that way. Yeah, just beat me to it. I was gonna literally say that. Just some guy that you do not want to fuck with when you're out there. You don't want to go take the ball from him because he might punch you in the face, or he might punch himself in the face. That's just how amped up he gets on the mound. But yeah, at the end of the day. Um, I think the Blue Jays had enough. Uh, it's clear he was not going to be a starter, as you said correctly, Adam. Um, the final piece I want to touch on briefly before we turn it back to the Stephen Matt side of things is Yenzi Diaz, because we did see him make just one, one big league appearance. And it was some very, very random appearance in the, like, the middle of the season against the Orioles when the Blue Jays were like decimated by injuries or something along those lines, like they were all of 2019, uh, especially in the rotation. Uh, but Craig, I'll turn this one back to you. I know you were big on Yanzi Diaz as well. Kind of a guy who I wouldn't say he was like at the forefront of the Blue Jays farm system when it came to some of the arms they had, but he was working his way up there. And there's definitely some upside with Yanzi Diaz and he made it up to double A and he, I know it was not a very good outing at all, but he did get one little appearance in the big league level for the Blue Jays. Do you think that with Diaz, there's just too many other similar arms with him. And I mentioned some of those earlier, whether it's Zoic, it could be Joey Murray, uh, Winkowski was in that mix, other guys. Was it just, they just don't have places for these guys, especially if we don't know what the minor league baseball season is going to be like coming up. What are your thoughts on Diaz? The biggest thing I, I thought with Diaz, I, Blue Jays fans that did see him pitch that one third of an inning, I think is all it ended up amounting to or something like that. That was not the same Yasni Diaz I watched for Blue Jays minor league appearances for two, three seasons. This guy w was cemented in our top 30. He wasn't in anywhere near the top, but he was not going anywhere in that countdown. There was very few people that were jumping out in front of him, similar to how Sean Lee Retoli was always on that same list. But um Brendan, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's just he's unfortunately lost in that shuffle. And if it came down to me figuring out which one or picking and giving you the crystal ball treatment right now, who actually might have a better chance, 
and being a starter, I would put my money on Yasni Diaz making the mm-hmm. rotation over Sean Reed Foley. Right. And he has a good shot at it. This guy has, when I pit, watched him pitch, I, the, the words that I would describe his fastball with is impactful. It just looks like he's throwing a freaking like a weight at people. It just <laughs> does, and it looks effortless. It's very similar to that ballpark that it doesn't it doesn't have the hundred miles an hour in Nate Pearson, but it looks as effortless. Right. That's what I was really noticing when I got to watch him. <laughs> I watched him uh, in the same season twice. Once with the uh, Lansing Lugnuts, and then when I was down in Florida, I got to see him pitching with the Didine Blue Jays, and I couldn't believe the strides that he made in just jumping levels that one season. This guy's a workhorse and he's going to find a way, I think, to be in the major league rotation and give a, get a chance to at least prove himself. I don't know how well he'll stick, but he's going to get a shot. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it does seem like at the end of the day, I think we're all on the same page with this one. And I think all of Blue Jays fans were, it's why it wasn't like, oh my God, why did we trade one of these three arms or, right. or anything like that? Because You it was traded like- Joe Piagini? How dare you? <laughs> it was uh, it was a collection of guys who just all bunched up together and there just might not be homes for them because of the arms that this front office has collected and stockpiled in the minor league system and i think it was you adam who said this uh or maybe it was craig whoever did uh you were very right it was one of us i guarantee you roll the tape <laughs> that's the one thing i wish we don't have we don't have a highlight reel i can't yeah. go back and forth here where's the flag <laughs> jeez or just sound effects where you can be like what uh, yeah. that <laughs> i can probably figure out yeah, <laughs> Uh, but they did not give up anything substantial that would uh, hurt them from making an impactful trade, whether it's for the rest of the offseason uh, or uh, moving forward, maybe a trade deadline. Uh, all the big names are still in the system as of right now. Uh, it is possible that a few of those could be dealt for certain guys, but we'll touch on that later. Uh, Adam, I want to bring it back to Matt's uh, because, look, there is some intrigue there. Um, and I'm not going to lie, uh, when I went up and looked up, I was like, so how far removed was he from 2015 and 2016? And, and did he show some signs of life uh, between now and back then when he was really on the ascent with the Mets? Um, he came up and pitched six games in 2015, the same year the Mets went to the World Series with that incredible rotation that they had of Syndergaard, DeGrom, uh, Matt Harvey was still uh, Batman, uh, and Mass. Mass was the fourth guy. I'm pretty sure he even started a playoff game or two for the Mets back in 2015. 2016, uh, he was still very good, a 3.40 ERA, uh, 132 innings. Um, after that, it was injury after injury, followed by an increase in walks uh, in home runs allowed. Um, so this is a project that Pete Walker is going to have to take on again. Very kind of similar to Robbie Ray. When Robbie Ray got here, a guy who had a lot of success with the past team, which was the Diamondbacks for Robbie Ray, uh, a guy who's also a left-hander uh, and walked a lot of guys. Uh, but Adam, for you, I think you brought this up when we when we first talked about Matt. Do you ultimately see him ending up in the bullpen, or can you see him cracking the rotation? Because I think they're kind of hoping for that upside of Matt's in fixing him in spring training to open as potentially the five. It it really depends on what kind of moves they're going to make. As of as it stands right now, I could see it, um, and I'm not necessarily super comfortable with it. And I know the narrative I've floated around forever ooh, is ooh, it's ooh, a, ooh. yeah. What's up? Is he What's up? In Tanner Roark? <laughs> I think so. 
<laughs> I think I had so. To say it. Couldn't help it. <laughs> no, 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 for sure. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I've said this a lot. Is there anything bad about a fifth starter? Like, are we really nitpick a lot about a fifth starter that's probably just going to pitch five innings a game, maybe a little bit more? And then again, that's pretty much all our starters anyway, thanks to Charlie Montoyo. But you know, I digress. Um, I, I could see it, but I don't think they're done. I don't think they're done adding players, and I think the fifth starter role will be sort of fought for. Um, and again, you, you mentioned like the, the beginning two years, especially the 2015 and the 16 years. Um, last year, I don't think that's what we're going to get. I think he's more on the line of the 2018-19, you know, uh, ilk, and which, again, if you're putting that in as the fifth starter role, yes, the walks are high, but if we're putting that in as the fifth starter, it's okay, especially with the defense behind him. It's a lot. The home runs are a little concerning. But, you know, if he's putting the ball in play with the defense behind him, I don't necessarily hate it. Um, but ideally, i like to see him come out of the pen. Um, if he's showing stuff, if he's show, showing control, and he's and he's showing that, you know, Pete Walker, the, the touch is having an effect on him, okay, then you can sort of introduce him, maybe even as a six-starter in case of injury, which will happen anyway. Um, but as of right out of the gate, ideally, I think all Blue Jays fans are anticipating him being in the pen. Yeah. Craig, what about you? Because I kind of, when I saw this, people brought up the idea of him being a lefty out of the pen, which is definitely possible. Um, and I could see it, especially with the, it, it, assuming there are no more moves, which I, again, I don't think is the case. Just like, not the there, Adam. Um, it, it'll be a battle right now between him, Roark and Ross Stripling, uh, probably. And remember, people do got to remember the Blue Jays paid the most to get Ross Stripling, so they obviously believe in him right. in some regards. So he may get a little bit longer of a leash to win a job compared to Roark or compared to Steven Matz. But, Craig, do you see him more as a lefty out of the bullpen, or can you buy into that upside that he's had from his Mets days to be the fifth starter? Or I don't want to say it, but depending on what they do with Nate Pearson, if he doesn't crack the rotation, right now Steven Matz could be a fourth starter in this rotation. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> ah. um so my big thing is uh, i live here in rochester new york so we get the yankees and the mets games often and by i mean often i mean like literally every time they're on (laughs) so um i've seen enough video on steven mass because you know how it is guys i get bored after the blue jays games over with or whatever it was there was a saturday afternoon day game oh look baseball and i just click the mets or over the yankees on Sure. <laughs> Go Mets. But um, what I've seen from Stephen Masters, there is something to that logic that he could be something still really, really tangible. And way before we were talking about this, this, this show, if this rotation does stay as it is right now on paper, the name of the show tonight is Pete Walker. We're going to finally see how good you are because he's got his plate full right now of who he has got to fix. Right. <laughs> You're talking the same situation with Matt's. Robbie Ray, technically Ross Stripling, I'm going to say, too, because he's not great, but he's not broken, I guess. You know, where you take the steps. And then all these rookies. There is a collective ridiculous level of the right now, the same amount of talent like this (laughs) with the Toronto Blue Jays pitching. And outside of Ryu, you know, you don't have that nice little tick right now in the the pulse. You know, (laughs) everybody's about the same. So, um Pete Walker's going to have to really show with what the, the metrics and all this fun times that we've been hearing about who's been working with them. And uh, if this is what we are going to be indeed running in with, I would hope that we are getting the Steven Matz that shows up and gets some of this. But from what I'm hearing, 
His work ethic is awesome. He's looking forward to the new change of pace. And he really is seeing this as a brand new opportunity and he's going to run with it. And if I'm going to bet on somebody, it's going to be somebody in that situation right now versus somebody that we maybe have had that's kind of comfortable and lingering around our minor leagues that's hoping for that chance. But as far as everything goes, I think he comes down to that same ballpark where he is on the exact same level as Thomas Hatch, Julian Merriweather, name insert here, sure. Anthony Kay. <laughs> that, mm. uh, that we're going to hopefully uh, just see who I, I think they're just going to beat the crap out of each other for those few positions if there is an open spot and of any kind in our rotation. And in all reality, I'm going to bring it up now because I think it fits. One of the questions we've had from our Twitter group here, um, literally Maine is all his names going by. So shout out to Maine. <laughs> Good question. Well, <What> Maine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So is, he brought up the fact that you think that they're slacking on the uh, signing of a major league arm to slide into this rotation because of all that collective talent. No. That is possibly blocking people. Okay. No. no. You flat know out. Craig, you brought that up. It, it, it kind of actually that flows very well to the next topic, which we can move on to now. Um, points. It, it, yeah. Take, <laughs> take my points for the question, Senator. Is it Maine or, or yeah, Maine? Yeah, Maine. Maine. M-A-I-N. Maine. 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 That's the one thing I hate about this Twitter, the uh, the streaming thing. It doesn't give me the tags on what they are on Twitter. Uh, excuse me, uh, whatever their names are. So, people, if you want me to plug your Twitter handle or your Facebook page or whatever, make sure you give me that in the chat. <laughs> Full address and socials as well. <laughs> That's there you go. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, no. Let's uh, let's move on to the next one because that, that tees it up perfectly. And yes, Craig, you do get segue points for that. Um, I think it was, it was either Trevor Bauer or Rachel Luba, who was the agent for Trevor Bauer. Um, some Blue Jays fans uncovered that uh, it was one of the two of them posted on their Instagram that things are finally starting to heat up and Bauer's market may be moving a little bit here. Um, we've seen a whole bunch of moves around teams that have been connected to Trevor Bauer. Um, I mean, the Angels just made a trade for Alex Cobb, and I know Alex Cobb isn't up at the level of Trevor Bauer, but at the same time, people are like, oh, they could take the Angels out of it because they also signed, um, what's-his-face, Quintana uh, a few weeks ago. Um, the Mets, uh, they did free up some money. Uh, by trading Steven Matz to the Blue Jays, uh, about $5.2 million. The Mets are still in that derby, in that race. Uh, the Blue Jays could be as well. It is possible. Uh, I don't think it's likely, but it is possible. Um, so really quick, because this is going to start to answer that question that Maine had sent in. Adam, do you think the Blue Jays are still players in Bowers' market? Um, let's just say he's willing to come back down to a one- or two-year deal, maybe even three. Uh, can the Blue Jays do that, and do you think they would? No, I, I mean, do I think they would? Yeah, I think it, depending on the price, if he's looking for like a $25 million a year uh, for a one year deal, I don't see that, especially it wasn't that the rumor that uh, Tanaka wanted. Is that what something he wanted? Like that. It was yeah, it was something absurd. Either way, I was like, <laughs> go back. Have fun. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. I'm sure I the think... Japan major leagues will love having you back. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And the Blue Jays balked at that. And obviously Bauer, I would rather have. But. I think the longer this goes on, that means the I, he seems like a guy based on the interviews that um, I've watched and just the videos that he's posted, you know, being so transparent about the process. Um, he's going to wait this out until the best possible offer. And although we like to think that the Blue Jays are, you know, financially flexible, um, which they should be, I don't know how comfortable they're going to feel about dishing out yet another long term contract. In fact, we've seen. Um, I think it was Shapiro that said 
uh, in terms of the heavy lifting, they're done. So do I see them going after Bauer? Unless it's a really sweet one-year deal, mm-hmm. I don't see it happening. And I think they're just going to wait for that shoe to drop because I think they don't like to close the door on things. If something can work out, they'll do it. But once that shoe drops, and whether he goes to the Angels, the Dodgers, um, I'm not sure if what other clubs are interested in him off the top of my head, but then you'll see these other pitchers, the Odorizzi's, the Walkers, maybe being scooped up. And I think the Blue Jays are just sort of playing the waiting game, which makes me a little uncomfortable. Um, unrelated to the question, I think they should just go get Walker because I don't think that's going to affect anything they do henceforth anyway. But no, I, I don't consider them serious players for Bauer, just to shortly answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, what about you? So just to put it out there, I finally figured out the full name. It's the main event uh, oh. 2K. <laughs> I figured out right. how this works now. All right. <laughs> what up, so, man? Whoa. Main event 2K. Yeah, there it is. The main event 2K is saying that apparently um, he wanted 40 mil for one season in Tanaka. Oh, no, hell no. No, no. Flat out, no. <laughs> oh, I believe you. I, I'm not saying no, you're lying. Yes. I'm saying no to no. Tanaka. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not shocked that that didn't happen, but... Uh, I kind of tend to agree with you unless the market is indeed shifting on Bauer or he becomes that bargain one year buy or something like that. There's too many other guys in that ballpark of Walker right now. I think that the blue Jays are happier taking a risk on. And it, it was also brought up in the chat this evening on where, if we are going after Walker or grabbing somebody like Paxton, who we might actually prefer <laughs> me personally. Walker worked out great in a Blue Jay uniform, and we didn't get to see enough of him. It was kind of like a tease. I would like to see a little bit more on that, but I'm not going to argue about having big maple in this rotation. I just hope the price is right for a bounce back guy. Like no, and you know what? This is how this is going to tie back to answer Maine's question. Uh, is I, I feel to, to start answering that question because it's been a little bit of a waste to get there. Um, I think Bauer is holding up that lower tier market right now. And as soon as he signs, teams are immediately going to turn to a Jake Odorizzi or a Taiwan Walker mm-hmm. and that level. There's been very few from that tier who have signed. I want to say Kevin Gosman uh, and Jose Quintana are among the very few names that have actually signed ahead of Trevor Bauer. Um, so Craig, with that, um, you're fully on board with Taiwan Walker coming back. Does Jake Odorizzi intrigue you a little bit? Because there was the suggestion, I think it was Wilner who put this out there and I know he doesn't work for Sportsman anymore, but he's obviously still pretty well connected. Wilner expects that they do go after Odorizzi harder than Walker, but if Odorizzi does not come to Toronto, that's when they have Taiwan Walker lined up to come back. So where do you fall on that kind of? continuum in terms of where or who would you like uh, to have back more would you rather walker or would you rather them go for Odorizzi? the thing i like about walker is he clearly has already clicked with the blue jays clubhouse mm-hmm. i'm not even arguing with it the fact that you see him and teoscar hernandez bantering back and forth on twitter over stupid things <laughs> and he's completely engaged with the J station online when it, whether it's just he's showing random computer goofing around or his in ridiculous meals that he has, you know, <laughs> it's like he's got sushi every freaking night or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so that being said, I, I'm comfortable and I don't think it's even a risk at this point. It's just figuring out the money on getting Walker to come back. And and after that, I'm sorry to say, I'm thinking Paxton over Odorizzi. There's something about Jake Odorizzi that just doesn't make me very comfortable. I really don't know how to explain it. Sure. Because on paper, he's a great pitcher, but just watching him pitch for the Rays and the Twins, I'm like, when's this going to fall off? It just kind of felt like there was something that 
that big piece that would get me excited about somebody with his stuff wasn't there. Cause in yeah. all reality, he falls into that ballpark. of as far as if he were going to compare him to a pitching great, he's more of like a Tom Glavin, right. than a, uh, you know, like a Randy Johnson or a Greg Maddox three with that. Matter. He's finding a way to get people out rather than just having the raw stuff to be able to get people out. And that's why at, a, at the moment I would be more inclined to spend money on these stuff in Walker or James Paxton. Right. I know what you mean, actually, Craig, by saying that about Odorizzi, because whenever he was with the Rays uh, in the few times they played, faced him with the Twins, it always felt like, why aren't we hitting this guy? Like, he's not <laughs> he's not spectacular, but he's also not terrible. He's very in the middle of the road. He would be a perfect number three in my mind. Adam, you've really hyped up Tywon Walker the last few episodes, and you're fully, you seem fully on board with him coming back. Do you have Walker over Odorizzi? Yeah. I think he should be the number one... Um... Uh, pick right now for the Blue Jays in terms of available free agents. And I say that over Bauer in terms of affordability, not yeah. talent. Um, I, I just think it's it's an easier grab, and that's no disrespect to Walker at all, but it's just, you know, the, the how the market is leveled out right now. I, I just think that playing the waiting game, unless he are, has already committed Right, there might be that backdoor whisper of saying, "Hey, I'm gonna, I, I fully intend on, you know, returning to the Blue Jays. You let me know the contract details, and we'll we'll make it happen." Unless that's happened, um, I think the Blue Jays are playing with fire, and it would really, really disappoint me if you see him get scooped up by another team or make make a return to Seattle if they, you know, aren't so inclined to do so. Um, it worries me. Just it just as a Blue Jays fan, I still have that, you know, sense of anxiety about it. I think they should sure, it has nothing to do with your other team either. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> really? Your fandoms about. in question? Not the fandom, no, no, no. I mean your 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 confidence. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, you know? And plus football's over. When the Bills lose, it's over. It's just nothing. <laughs> NFL no, calls the season. There's they no can't... Super Bowl on Sunday. No, no, they cancel no. the season. It's <laughs> the day to get drunk and eat chicken wings. I don't even yeah. see it. That's to watch like the Wayne's World commercial and stuff like that. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, in, in all seriousness, I, it, to me, I think Walker should be the the number one pick here of the litter. Um, I tend to disagree about Paxson. It's not that I don't like him as a pitcher. It's just the injury worries me a little bit. Um, Odo has shown that he has that ability. Um, depending on the price tag, I might be a little bit more confident with, you know, in, in terms of injury history with him. Um, depending on how long he wants that contract for. If he's looking for a three and the Blue Jays are offering him two, I say me in the middle, give him two and an option, maybe a mutual option, or we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, I just think it's stop pussyfooting around. Just get Walker and let's let's solidify this rotation because it's in desperate need of doing so. It is. And you know what? Another thought I had when they got Mats is, if anything, that is the opposite of adding stability to your rotation, where assigning Taiwan Walker or Jake Odorizzi adds stability to your rotation. Uh, I know Walker has had his injury problems. Odorizzi is not. Odorizzi has stayed healthy for the most part. And and the reason why I brought up Wilner uh, and his thoughts on that is because last year, the Blue Jays did offer Odorizzi a pretty decent contract. They did offer mm -hmm. him. I think it was just shy of $50 million. So... I don't think that interest has gone away. Um, there have been reports that they have been recently connected with Jake Odorizzi. Um, so I think, I think there's still players there. If they don't get them, in my mind, I think that's when they go to Walker. But to your point, Adam, he could be gone by the time there. Maybe there's a team that knows they're out on Odorizzi or, or Paxton. And it's like, okay, Tyler Walker's still there. Let's go grab him before the Blue Jays do. 
or anybody else. So it's going to be interesting to see how they fill this out, guys. It really is. Um, any final thoughts on Bauer uh, or any of those guys that we talked about? Going to pull a topic uh, out of nowhere on you guys. I know we have the agenda, but there's some interesting chatter going on Twitter right now. So uh, that that biggest note, I think they are going to miss out on Walker if they don't strike. I really think as far yeah. as that market that we yeah. were just talking about outside of Bauer, he is the most consistent guy with the highest upside still. Yeah. I really think that's what it comes down to. Right. No, yeah, I, I think you're right, Craig. So, yeah, I'm going to pull out a topic uh, kind of just based on what I've seen on Twitter, just going and scrolling around, guys. And this is going to be – I'll tee this one up by starting with Marcus Simeon had his uh, interview with the with the Blue Jays media today. Uh, and one of his quotes was uh, – Nicholson Smith teased this tweet up by saying, Marcus Simeon sees Blue Jays' young team as a contender even without the playoffs. And Simeon's quote was, now it's go time. Uh, they're still working on some things, trying to add some pieces. And this is lining up with something Jeff Blair said on his radio show today on Sportsnet, uh, that it could be an interesting week for the Blue Jays. And now Ben Turner, at Ben Turner 22 who's a part of Blue Jays Twitter, uh, has dug up on Tim and Sid today. Um, they quoted at the end of their recording, it could be a very interesting week for the Blue Jays from what we're hearing. So it seems like there is some stuff he worked on, and that adds up with what Marcus Simeon said in his introductory press conference with the media today. Craig, let me start with you. If there is some smoke to this, which it seems like there is, it seems like something is being built up, and to me that indicates a potential trade uh, with somebody. Maybe that's Chris Bryant. I know we talked about him in the past. Maybe they're talking to the Reds. Uh, about Suarez or Castillo. Um, when you hear those quotes from Simeon and then three, uh, I guess I, you can count them as two, Tim and Sid and Jeff Blair, uh, two big Toronto sports media outlets, guys who host their shows that are uh, Rogers employees, uh, what do you think could be happening here? Because this could tie back into the pitching discussion as well. Are they going to get fired in like five seconds, just like Wilner <laughs> for outing everybody? <laughs> um, I, I'll believe it when I see it. I think yeah. they've already thrown a lot of money around it. If anything, I would think it would be if they are indeed really going to ask, have something announced, it makes more sense to me that it would be signing Walker or something rather than announcing a trade if they're, bit, you know, thinking they're really that close on something. So, my opinion. Adam? Yeah, you can probably sense a level of excitement when it comes to someone like walker saying you know we're seeing all these guys getting scooped up the hype of the blue jays is at an all-time high right now um i would really like to be a part of this and again reflecting back at that possible whisper in the back door saying hey i, I want to be part of this team just let me know you might be getting antsy and saying let's just get it done let's just uh, we'll, we'll work something out um if that's what's going to happen this week that's great um my sense is, though, if they're hyping it up, it might be a little bit bigger. And again, that's no disrespect to uh, Walker at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, is it? Are we sure it's specifically a signing, or could we talk be talking trade route? Oh, it shock me. I think it'd be. I, my guess would be trade uh, from some of those quotes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if it's a trade route, oof, I don't, I don't, I don't know what we'd be talking about there. But I mean. I mean, given the fact that Arenado just left, we could throw that out the window. According to the Rockies, Trevor's yeah. story is untouchable. <laughs> um, which is fine. Which is fine. We we have our infielder now that we wanted to get to, you know, solidify that. Um, I don't know. Maybe we can be calling the Reds. Who knows? Yeah. 
That's where that's where my mind instantly went when I started seeing some of those people tweet and dig up those quotes is that there is a trade in the works uh, and it could be something that surprises uh, us as Blue Jays fans, whether it's somebody being subtracted from the big league roster, maybe them moving a big prospect, something they haven't done quite yet. Um, I think if all that's adding up with what Simeon said and now Jeff Blair and Tim and Sid too, it does seem like there's some smoke. Uh, and I would keep your eyes on Twitter uh, for the remainder of the week. And the funny thing is, Two weeks ago, was it two weeks ago that it was Springer and last week it was Simeon? Or was that, I guess, three weeks ago and two weeks ago uh, on Tuesday? It's been transaction yeah. Tuesday other than yes. last week, Wednesday. And <laughs> Sorry, day early is what you're saying. Yeah, you never know. Probably just like the match trade happened as soon as we hopped off, pretty much. Watch a massive trade is going to come through. We're going to be like, holy shit. Why Emergency couldn't show. Oh, might as well jump right back. Something crazy happens. I'm not. Wicked. That. There you go. <laughs> yeah, quick kid. You're just gonna pop a few extra beers during your uh, move tomorrow. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, that's uh, it's just I saw that on Twitter. I wanted to bring it up because I'm sure some of our listeners uh, tonight are also on Twitter. So drag your attention over to uh, some of those quotes and at Ben Turner, uh, Brendan Coon, the guy who did break the Springer signing. Uh, those are the guys that I would be tuned into uh, as this kind of stuff continues to maybe uh, heat up a little bit. Um, I did have one more topic on the agenda. I know we are getting close to our usual hour, hour 10 mark-ish. Uh, uh, do you guys want to go into the current state of the Blue Jays rotation and maybe make some quick hit predictions? Uh, sure. If things stayed the way they were right now, and this is excluding a signing of Walker or a signing of Odorizzi or a trade, just from what you see on the Blue, Blue Jays depth chart currently, Craig, what would your starting rotation be? And on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident would you be in that rotation uh, breaking camp with? Right now, unfortunately, number five, I have Roark. And that's what scares me the most about this whole thing. I, uh, I'm i praying if our paper stays like it is right now that we have a dark horse candidate come out of nowhere and just be the Cinderella story of frickin' uh, spring training and really run with it. I would love to see Patrick Murphy run away with a fifth starter's job, for example, because he was just lights out before. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, your pitching or your windup is illegal. Get back to the drawing board. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, I watched him that season with that quote-unquote illegal step in his thing, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, really? That's what we're doing? It's not to – what was that pitcher for the uh, the Pirates that was, like, hop-skipping and jumping? Oh, <laughs> he was Yes. It's not like yeah. he was Carter Capsing. <laughs> so it was just that he was getting a little extra of a slide off of his, you know, rubber jump, basically. And he was getting landing a little further than where, you know, you would typically land. So but I'm praying to God that we get something like that. that I'd rather I would rather run with a hot hand out of spring training in the fifth spot than watch Tanner Roark eat any more innings up at all for Blue Jays baseball. If anything, he's a guy in the bullpen for me right now. So it'll be like Ryu. Then you're going to have a mix of either Stripling or Robbie Ray. <laughs> and then A. Pearson, I would want to make him comfortable and put him at four, I would think. Sure. Just so he doesn't have to be the guy after Ryu. As much as I would love to see him just, that is a beautiful mix at the top of a rotation. Watching Ryu just come out there and throw the flutters like he does and knows how to get people out. And watch Nate Pearson come in the next day and just blow people away. That is a really big, weird, screwy timing mechanism for a major league rotation, but I don't see that being the uh, the way the metric Smiths are going to want to do that right out of spring training with Nate Pearson. It just doesn't make sense. I think make him comfy. Don't put him on that rush responsibility. It could be the same thing as what you what unfortunately happened to Roy Holiday at the beginning of his career if you throw him up too high. 
all. And I don't want to see Nate Pearson have those uh, growing pains. I really think his stuff is going to carry one way or the other. But there is going to be growing pains just like any other young kid. So get ready for it. And you might as well have that in the fourth spot and maybe even the fifth if you can find something. Like I said, I would almost rather take a career minor league veteran guy, especially somebody that's been through as much stuff as like Patrick Murphy, even Rucky, stretch him back out. I would rather see somebody like that than give Nate Pearson the benefit of the doubt to be somewhere near the bottom of the rotation and just be comfy. Like I said, if he throws me 150 innings this year, that's going to be still asking for a lot. You know, <laughs> his guy hasn't pitched more than like, what, 20 innings in Major League Baseball? <laughs> yeah. And then in the last few years, they haven't gotten a chance to build his uh, arm up because of freak accidents and stuff with the one leg injury. And uh, what was the other thing last year? It was it a lat or something like that. He couldn't really get back off of the uh, yeah. bench from. Yeah. I would. I just want, like I said, make him comfy. They'll make him feel like he has to go out there and have the weight on his shoulders to the point where he has to throw 110 every game. <laughs> so, but that's my rotation. Adam, what about you? Um, are we sure Chatwood's not going to be a part of this? I, I honestly love to see him give a chance. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him at a at a four spot. Um, because obviously Ryu's going to be your one. What was that? Speaking of people to fix, yeah, Chatwood was the yeah. guy that was really trending up with the Rockies, and then that kind of got derailed once he got the free agent contract with the Cubs. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Walker's in for a a long spring training. Um, <laughs> Pete Walker, that is. Uh, so yeah, Ryu would be obviously your one. I would probably put as of right now Ray at two, and a lot of this has the reasons that you just said, uh, Craig, about Pearson. Um, you want to make him comfortable. Um, that being said, it wouldn't surprise me if Pearson was the three just out of necessity if they don't start anybody, if they don't sign anybody, rather. But if they want to go super bold, you could put Chatwood there if they're, if they're comfortable with it. Then put Pearson at the four and then have, again, someone battle a Mats or a, a Roark at the end or a Stripling for the five. Um I mean, it would be amazing if they can get two pitchers and have Pearson at the five. Yeah. Nothing would please me more because then the pressure is off. You don't have to worry about him. You can limit his innings at that point and have a decent excuse for it. Because let's face it, he didn't. He was ill prepared last year. He probably should have played a, at least a half season in AAA. Um, yeah. Not to mention a real spring training. Yeah, yeah. Real innings at the beginning. <laughs> right, right, and so. Ideally, that would be great. Um, my sense is that they're only going to sign one pitcher and maybe, you know, get a, a straggler towards the start or middle of spring training just to see what's going on, maybe a trade or two. Um, but that's how I see it. And again, it, a lot of these things are going to fluctuate. And at the end of the day, once you go through the first five, it doesn't matter at that point. Like, what does it matter? It, it's it's a toss up it, unless you're the number one like Ryu. It doesn't matter, and I assume he'll probably get a day in between or something. So um, that's that's how I see it playing out at this point. Yeah, I'm very similar to you guys. Obviously, Ryu's number one at this point. Uh, and just because he's a lefty starting, I'm not sure how much they care about breaking up the lefties and the righties. So with that, I would go Ryu because uh, he's a soft tosser, followed with the velocity in Nate Pearson. And because he's a righty, go back to a lefty and Robbie Ray flip the lineup around. Then probably another righty, so maybe it's Tanner Roark or 
I don't know what the injury status with Trent Thornton was, but he's still out there. Um, and I know that he did not have himself a very good season, but the season before, there was a lot of intrigue with Trent Thornton. So I don't know um, if he's coming in healthy. I think he's more destined for AAA, to be honest with you, for some depth, or he could be used potentially as a trade piece uh, because he's shown that before in the past. Uh, but I'm going to leave him out of the discussion. I'm going to go Ryu, Pearson, Ray, uh, uh, Roark, uh, and Mass. Uh, if there were no other moves made today. And then you go lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I am hopeful for some moves, guys. I really am. Uh, maybe we can... Uh, in summary. Yeah, in summary. <laughs> there's still some moves to be made. And with that, before we... Uh, uh, Craig, before I t- turn it over to you for any final audience questions or anything like that, um, Scott Mitchell uh, did reply to... The guy I keep on bringing up, Ben Turner, who's, who's on it and always asking uh, Blue Jays beat writers questions. Um, uh, ben Turner asked Scott, I got to ask, are we in for an interesting Jays week? As Tim and Sid alluded to at the end of their show today, Blair has also been hinting at a Blue Jays related move this week. Thanks, man. And Scott Mitchell replied, they're not done. That's all I'll say for now. There are a few possibilities out there via different acquisition routes. So free agency, trade, whatever it is. Stay glued to your Twitters. It does seem like something is boiling in the front office right now, and we probably will have something to talk about on that front, I would guess, uh, for next week. Uh, Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Craig, any uh, other audience questions come in uh, in the midst of those discussions? Yeah, so I got an intriguing one that ends up turning into usually one of our uh, pre-spring training shows. However, I think we're going to do a preview here. So um, basically, the question boils down to is how do you think the Blue Jays offense for the infield, specifically first, second, short, third, stacks up against the New York Yankees? (laughs) Right now, guys, do you really think Luke Voigt is going to continue being Luke Voigt? Would be my biggest question for the Yankees. Yeah, they're putting I know they gave him a brick of money. <laughs> I think a lot of stock in Luke Voigt continuing what he did this past year. Labor um, Torres bouncing back. DJ yeah. LeMahieu continuing to be Le Machine, which, by the way, that nickname just pisses me off because there's only one machine. It's Albert fucking Pools. I'm uh, yeah, fucking yeah. Yankee fans. <laughs> you know what, Craig? Just to answer that with the Yankees, I wouldn't be opposed to tabling that and doing a very similar episode that we did last year around this time, which was comparing the Blue Jays to the Red Sox. I would now do it with the Blue Jays and the Yankees and go around the diamond and have that, maybe as a show during the middle of spring training or right before uh, that started. So uh, I'm going to save the answer preview for that. right now. Yeah, I'm gonna, that's all I'll say is I think we're at that level where we can move on and graduate from comparing with the Red Sox who have done not a whole lot of nothing uh, and start <laughs> comparing ourselves with the Yankees. I'll play ball. Hold on, I'll play ball real quick. Um, who, who's our first baseman? Is it Rowdy? That would be Rowdy or Vladdy at this point. Right right? One of those are, two. Are we seeing Rowdy at first and Vladdy at third? We'll just yeah, I guess we've got to assume right now until we have a real third baseman. Unless, you know, your boy is officially third base. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> I sincerely hope not. But um, let's assume that. I, I don't know that Rowdy at this point. I know he finished hot, but I got to see more. So at this point, I'm going to give the edge to Voight. Um, at second, just the, the hitting alone, I'll give the edge to DJ. Short, I'll give it to Bo over Torres. And third, Vladdy over Geo. That's tough. 
Yeah, that would be interesting to see at the end of the year how that plays out. That's maybe tough. it's just because I saw Gio playing a fucking Blue Jay uniform. I have yeah. zero that guy continuing to do anything. <laughs> I just gotta see it. I have to see it from Vlad, though. That's the thing. I think Vlad is has more talent. Obviously, I think he's inherently gifted more than than Gio. But I mean, who would you rather had last year? Vlad. Vlad, I think just because he won, and his final was what two seventy eight. Oh. Gio and. Gio didn't look like he did the year before last season. No, Gio's done it once. Vlad still has a potential. I don't know. That's tough. That's I'm uh, saying for that year, not in oh, for this season. In the long yeah. Yeah. yeah, over the season. I have to look at his stat. Uh, yeah, probably Gio. Uh, just based on what he did in 19, I would have taken him going into 2020. What we saw from Vlad in 19. Um, yeah, it's, that, that's tough. That's I just got to see it from Vlad. I think Vlad can do it in all indications are that he's slimming up and he's getting serious about his game and if he can play at that elite level or at least you know show signs of it more consistent then of course you'll you'll go vlad over that but you know even if we give vlad the edge there just based on you know potential alone and the ceiling um it seems split or maybe the yankees have a slight edge with the infield Geo has more defense, but I'm sorry to say, guys, 2021, Geo Urshel is going to look like a fucking footnote to Vlad Jr. Okay. <laughs> Put it this way. Just also, saying. If, Just we're, saying. if we're talking the full infield, I'll, and this may be shocking, but maybe not, I'll take Jansen over Sanchez. I will too, 100%. Yeah. Because right now, on, right now on, state, on statistics, I would say they look exactly the fucking same, except that Danny Jansen can actually play his position. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's uh, that i think that's a very good podcast episode to do guys maybe one week. oh it's gonna happen it, no, has, to. it has to it has to i already made a note it's right there oh, <laughs> you know craig's next, next episode is that's <laughs> <laughs> not next episode too many things can change between now and spring training that's, that's true, spring training yeah, that's true. There, there could, the trade could this potential trade or move that everybody's alluding to could be for adam's episode it could be for your episode could be my turn again for that episode who knows it's possible i did want to i did want to mention one because I don't know if you guys saw, but apparently the Major League Baseball Network did their, you know, their top 10 at the position now thing. Apparently Kevin Biggio is the fifth best or second baseman in all of baseball. Yep. Just saying. <laughs> yep. They didn't have Marcus Semien on that uh, list because he qualifies as a shortstop. But he yep. was pretty high on that list. I think he was number eight on that list, and that's saying something. Man, Keith Law has some sort of hate for that guy. Like, my goodness, I don't know what it is, but Keith Law was saying on his live thing on The Athletic the other day, he doesn't think Kevin Beach is even an MLB-level player right oh, now. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> that is, that's not me. I haven't agreed with much of his prospect stuff in the last three, four years anyway, so I guess I'll chalk that up to he doesn't know what he's doing, he's getting old. <laughs> it's because he's upset at the organization for letting him go all those years ago. He has a hate out for the Jays organization for letting him go from that job that he had with them. That's that's what it is. Anyhow, it's what it is. It is what it is, guys. Well, this has been fun. A lot uh, pitching heavy for sure, um, and that's really been the news of the last week with Stephen Matz coming on board uh, and making some moves. And look, I, I still think they're not done. I think Scott Mitchell is right. I do believe we'll see another addition, maybe hopefully two, uh, as we've all said the last few weeks uh, as we went through and did our very quick 
rotation prediction. Um, I think everybody feels that way. Uh, any other final comments or thoughts before we give it uh, a two claps and a Ric Flair? No, I'm good. Tank's oh. empty. <laughs> I hope your rumors are right. <laughs> yeah, so, so. I want a pitching, damn it. But uh, I do think that Pete Walker, regardless of what happens in the next few weeks before spring training, he's got a heck of a freaking job to do this spring training with the collective to figure out what is going on with all these arms and quote-unquote fix and prep. <laughs> yeah, he definitely does have a job to do. We'll monitor that as the season goes along. Well, gentlemen, let's end it the way we normally do and say goodbye to everybody. Two claps from Rick Flynn. Ready? Woo! Woo! Let's go, Blue Jays. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.